Rabbi Moshe Seifer, known as the Chasim Seifer, was sitting in his office in the city of Pressburg, surrounded by a few Talmidim, learning Taira. Soon, the Parnas of the city of Pressburg came in to speak to the Rav. Seeing that the Rav was busy with his Talmidim, he did not want to disturb him, but the Rav could see that the Parnas's face reflected trouble. So he asked the Talmidim to excuse him while he spoke privately with the Parnas. Once the rabbi was alone with the Parnas, the rabbi asked, What's the matter? The Parnas let out a deep sigh and said, Rabbi, I am in deep trouble. Whatever is the matter? asked the rabbi. Rabbi, I've lost my fortune. I've become a pauper. Loyalenu. There's no reason to despair, said the rabbi, trying to comfort the poor man. It's the way of business. Up and down and up again. You know what Chazals say about business. It's like a turning wheel. Soon, the wheel will turn up for you, my friend. Rabbi, I'm afraid my situation is hopeless, answered the Parnas. I'm over my head in debt. I've signed promissory notes for others as well, for which I am personally liable. I'm on the brink of complete financial ruin. Surely it will not come to that. Chas v'shalom, said the rabbi comfortingly. Emir Hashem, it won't, but I don't see how. Every year at this time, I go to the big fair in Leipzig, but now I don't even have the money to pay for the train to get there. The rabbi thought for a moment and then asked the Parnas, Have you spoken to anyone about your predicament? No, Rabbi, no, not a soul, not even my poor wife. Only you know about my financial difficulties. However, when the fair opens tomorrow, and I'm not there, everyone will know. It will be the talk of the town, and the roof will cave in on me. All of my creditors will ask to be paid, and that will be the end. The rabbi dismissed this gloomy outlook. Tell me, he said to the Parnas, how much money do you need for your trip to the fair? Well, the sum that I would normally take with me is not even possible. I would just be glad to have train fare and a little bit of extra cash to do some business with. I think about 500 ruble. Is that all? said the rabbi with obvious relief. I have exactly that amount. I will be happy to lend it to you. The rabbi stood up and went to a bureau and came back with a stack of bills. He offered it to the Parnas. Rabbi, I came here for advice, not to borrow all of your savings. How can I be sure I'll ever be able to repay you the loan? No, I can't accept it. But the rabbi pushed the money into his hand. Take it. And don't worry. With Hashem's help, you will be able to repay the loan, and there's no hurry in any case. Rabbi, how can I thank you? The rabbi stopped him. If you try to thank me, then I can't lend you any money. It would be like lending money on interest, and that's also as you know. Hurry, get yourself ready for your journey, and Hashem should bless you with much hatzlacha. Deeply grateful, and with a new ray of hope in his heart, 
The Parnas took the money and left. He caught the train to Leipzig and arrived at the fair bright and early. As soon as he got there, he met a business friend, a wholesale merchant and importer, who offered to sell him a large shipment of coffee. The price seemed right, and the Parnas gave him a deposit on the deal. Before the day was over, the news flashed through the fair that bad weather in Brazil had damaged the crop of coffee, and the price of coffee went up. The Parnas immediately sold the shipment of coffee that he had bought earlier in the day for a very substantial profit. The next day, he bought large quantities of merchandise with the profit from the coffee, and fortune smiled on him again. And so it was, every day of the fair. Whatever he bought, he sold for a handsome profit. The wheel of fortune had certainly turned up for the Parnas. By the time the fair was over, he had earned enough money not only to put him back on his feet financially, but to actually make him even wealthier than he had been before. Back at the hotel, he calculated his profits and set aside one-tenth for tzedakah as usual. He decided to buy some nice gifts for his wife and children, and the idea occurred to him to buy a handsome gift also for the rabbi. Knowing that the rabbi was an expert in appraising jewelry, he bought a beautiful gem to present to the rabbi as a token of friendship and appreciation. Upon his return to Pressburg, the Parnas went straight to the rabbi. This time, a big grin covered his face as he greeted the rabbi. Rabbi, your blessing was fulfilled beyond my dreams. I'm happy to be able to repay the loan in full. Here it is. The rabbi happily accepted the repaid loan. Moreover, rabbi, said the Parnas, since your loan has proved such a blessing to me, I thought that you deserved a nice gift of friendship. I would deem it a favor and an honor if you would accept this small gift. He handed the rabbi a small box. Rabbi Maisha took the box, opened it up, and took out the gem. What a beautiful gem, he exclaimed. He seemed very happy. He turned it this way. He turned it that way. He moved it into the sun. He examined it with the eye of a true expert. It's beautiful. Flawless. It must be worth a fortune. The Parnas was delighted that he had brought the rabbi something that pleased him so much. Yes, it's a long time since I've seen such a beautiful gem said the rabbi admiringly. He placed it back in the box and then handed it back to the Parnas. But rabbi, said the Parnas, I meant this to be for you. It's a gift. Had you brought this gift to me at any other time, said Rabbi Moshe, I might have been tempted to accept it, as I would know what to do with it. I would have sold it, and it would have been a great help to my yeshiva. But after I gave you the loan, I'm simply prohibited by Shulchan Aruch, from accepting any kind of gift from you, however you may interpret it, it would still seem like ribis, interest paid on a loan. And you surely know that even the dust of interest is not permitted. The Parnas was disappointed, but there was nothing he could do. How could he argue with the Chassam Seifer 
on a point of halacha. Two of the rabbi's talmidim had been in the room, and they had witnessed the whole thing. One of them asked the rabbi, Rabbi, please forgive my boldness, but we would like to learn the meaning of what we just saw. If our master had no intention of accepting the gift, because it might look like interest on the loan, why did our master examine it and admire it and seem delighted with it for such a long time? A very good question, answered the Chassam Seifer. I will tell you a story about my teacher and master, Rabbi Nossen Adler of Frankfurt, and you will know the answer. One winter's day, a delegation came from a nearby town to ask Rabbi Nossen Adler to intervene on behalf of the local community that was facing a decree of expulsion. Only the rabbi's intervention with the governor could avert the catastrophe. My rebbe asked me to go out at once and hire a carriage for the trip. The weather was bad, and the leaders of Frankfurt's community tried to persuade their rabbi to postpone the trip for at least a day, but he would not hear of it. A whole community is in danger, he said. There is no time to lose. We started out after dark, as soon as the carriage and driver arrived. Once we got through the city, the road became very bad, and we hadn't gone very far at all before the carriage got bogged down in snow and ice. Try as he would, the driver could not make the horses budge. So the driver unharnessed one of the horses and rode to a nearby village for help. While waiting for his return, we sat shivering in the cold carriage, but we soon forgot about the cold as we began to discuss a point of Gomorrah. Finally, the driver returned with a new team and got busy freeing the wagon. We were so engrossed in our studies that we hardly paid any attention to him. Suddenly, my Rebbe scrambled out of the carriage and he began to dance in the snow. Rebbe, what is the matter? I saw that he was dancing in his bare socks. His boots had slipped off while he jumped out of the carriage. I feared my Rebbe would catch a cold. Don't you see, my dear Moshe? answered Rabbi Nossen Adler. The wagon driver has harnessed a team of oxen along with our horses. I got out of the carriage and I explained to the driver that we Jews are forbidden to ride in a carriage that is drawn by oxen and horses harnessed together. This is a case of kilayim, mixing species. I offered him extra money if he would go back to the village and bring back horses instead of the oxen. While the driver went off with the oxen, I asked Rabbi Nossen Adler, Master, please enlighten me. Why did you dance in the snow with bare socks at that? My dear Moshe, he replied, when do I get a chance in Frankfurt to fulfill the mitzvah of Kilayim? I'm not a farmer. Now that it came my way, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, should I not rejoice? And so it was in our case, said Rabbi Moshe Seifer, the Hassam Seifer. I'm not a banker. When do I get the chance to observe the mitzvah of Ribis? Nobody comes to the rabbi for loans. Now that the mitzvah came my way, I just could not conceal my joy and my excitement. 